Hello, 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 boss babes. Yes, we're doing this again, and we are kickstarting an entire new series of mini-sodes that are featuring boss babes in the Ottawa Valley that go beyond entrepreneurs and business owners. We are recognizing role models, activists, corporate leaders, and working professionals who are breaking barriers, sparking important conversations, and championing for change. We want to be inclusive and embrace those that are making an impact, are changing their communities, and are bringing awareness to topics that sometimes have the potential to generate controversy. Because ambitious and powerful boss babes aren't just making waves in the entrepreneurship world, and they too need to be heard. Now let's kickstart the conversation. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner. Hi everybody and welcome to Boss Babe Corner. This well-loved artisanal bread company's recipes have been passed down through generations with a business named after his great-great-grandfather, a love for baking bread, and with unwavering support from family, Wilkie's bread could be found on the shelves at its wholesale partners or at its location in downtown Pembroke. But back in July, we were all heartbroken after hearing the news that our beloved bakery was closing its doors. However... This is not the end for our favorite baker and community partner, and he is here to tell us why he made the difficult decision to close his bakery and what's in store to come. Please welcome the first honorary boss babe, Andrew Chenard from Wilkie's. Hello, everyone. That kind of made me emotional hearing all that. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm feeling way more relaxed. It's been, I think, three weeks since we closed our doors, so I've been chilling with my dog for a bit in air conditioning. <laughs> oh my God, which must be nice because you guys had yes. lots of like problems too at the, at the bakery with like, what was it like stove problems or something? The uh, the air conditioning broke down on us for a couple weeks. I think we were just overworking the system. Um, oh no. So it was like 30 degrees in there for three weeks. And we've had a hot summer, like, oh yes. my God. And of course this didn't happen during like the little like flash of autumn that we had like for that one week either of course yeah so I'm I was happy to get the air conditioning fixed but also happy to be relaxing at home but it must be weird though because you guys have just been go 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 for years like for so long and then for it to just immediately stop oh Andrew but let's get into it so let's actually just start up with the story of Wilkie's and how the love for fresh baked bread was passed down through generations uh, so as a child, I was always aware that we had a, a great-great-grandfather who had a bakery in Toronto. Um, so he uh, he traveled the world, well, not the world, the States at the time. And uh, I was given all of his recipe books one for Christmas, uh, the same Christmas that I had graduated culinary school. So I started working my way through them. Uh, so it was... I'd like to make it sound like it was a Julie and Julia thing. You remember that movie? <laughs> but it was not. Uh, I only did bread recipes because I wasn't interested in making cake for 120. His recipes were all like massive amounts. So uh, so I worked my way through them, but I did enjoy the thought of maybe he was somehow there with me cooking through his books with me, if that makes any sense. Uh, but my love of fresh bread came from my father's side of the family. Uh, so my father's mother, my grandmother, is uh, French-Canadian and speaks very little English. And I grew up with a learning disability, so learning new languages was always hard for me. <clears throat> so when she'd come and visit, we'd stock the freezer with like 
uh, homemade cookies, jams, donuts, and her famous, famous fresh baked breads. Uh, so I quickly joined her as fast as I could. Um, and it was like kind of a way of communicating silently with her being in the kitchen. And I quickly came to the realization that like her cooking for me was, or cooking for us was her way of showing love. So in my head, bread has always equaled love. So that's where my love of fresh bread came from. I guess my next question to you is how did you go from selling bread at the Carp Farmer's Market then to opening your own bakery on the main street in downtown Pembroke? Getting into the farmer's market was something that I always wanted to do because it always seemed like such a creative outlet. And we had a friend who sells organic um, vegetables at the Carp Farmer's Market. And she was sitting on the uh, selection committee when we, the year that we got asked to join the market well told we should audition to be in the market and then we got added into the market wait you had an audition yes so they the <laughs> farmer's market is very um very selective yes very selective like. <laughs> so you can only sell like we could only sell breads uh she could only sell vegetables it was just a way of making sure that we could all thrive in one market so they never wanted to oversaturate with someone that could do everything gotcha which was a lifesaver in all reality because we had two other bread vendors at the market. So, and we all tried to stay out of each other's lanes. Like mm -hmm. the other bread vendor made bread from flour that she was milling herself. And we were more sourdough based. So it was good that way. Um, but that year our customer base grew in Pembroke as well as in carps. So we were like, what are we gonna do in the winter time when the market's closed? So we came up with a bread share, which is a lot like a vegetable share in the summertime. So each week you'd be able to pick up a loaf of bread from our house. It was huge, it grew very fast. And we were like, oh crap, we need a commercial space ASAP. Mm -hmm. So we found a space in downtown Pembroke and slowly built the bakery over a couple months. And then we opened Easter weekend, which was not the best idea just because it was just craziness and then I we had bet. to get the cart market as well as opening the shop and it was just yeah because we all need bread at easter like we're all yeah. we're all eating right so that must have been just crazy and so for those that don't remember and i always just try to think back although even though it wasn't that long ago so wilkie's used to actually be located on the corner where little things canning is now and i yes. remember going in there and it was just the perfect stop you know to go and grab your lunch like especially when you guys like extended your lunch menu to have like the sandwiches and stuff too and um my sister and i would pop in there and go for lunch all the time and then you guys relocated so tell us why you guys ended up relocating in 2019 uh well it was you spend like the first two years at the the smaller space that we had the original space and like i was watching my childhood dreams come true i literally thought i'd sell eight loaves of bread a day and that was it and i would be happy with that and then the first week we were selling 75 to 100 so it just like grew and grew and grew um so we needed a bigger space we wanted to expand our lunch menu again we wanted to get into finer pastries, but we just didn't have the space for it. Our like, our stock room was the size of like a tiny one bedroom bathroom. It was crazy. And it was just time to move. I'll leave it at that, I guess. Not only did you guys just need the bigger space because you guys were just like building your, your customer base too and more and more orders were coming in, but then you guys also expanded your menu 
um, providing like obviously like a larger bread and dessert selection too, right? Yeah, so that was uh, with the moving of the new space, we added the sunrise buns and the croissants and those those blew up. We were selling like close to 500 every weekend. It was crazy. 500 in a weekend? Yeah, and we were doing, uh, <laughs> oh we were doing them all by hand back then. So we, I was rolling pastry dough for like three hours at a time some, some days. So my arms got a really good workout. Okay, so you guys moved to your other location. And now this is now not like it's still downtown Pembroke, but it was kind of in a hidden space where you kind of had to go hunt for it. So how was the response from customers after you guys relocated? Well, the, the funny part is, is as we opened the doors, I think they started construction two weeks before we opened the doors on Victoria Street. So it was like a maze in and of itself just to get into our door. So I'm thankful for everybody that had to really search us out. Uh, and then we still had the old businesses sign up because we didn't know how to take it down and we just wanted to open our doors. So people were still coming in with like broken computers being like, how do I fix this? <laughs> I know how to make bread. I don't know how to fix computers. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I forgot uh, that that's right. So I think like it took us a year and a half to take it down. But then when we finally did take it down, everybody kind of was like, oh, this is Wilkie's. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Um, but the new space gave us so much more opportunity. We had seating for 28 people. We had bathrooms for customers. We were located right beside the parking lots. We were beside the farmer's market. It was just like everything you could ask for in a downtown space. Um, and everybody just loved the fact that they could park on the street, grab a cup of coffee and go right away instead of having to walk sometimes a couple blocks to get to our old location with the parking situation downtown. Um, and the space gave us like twice the size of a kitchen. I think somebody told us once we had the biggest kitchen in downtown Pembroke, which is crazy, but we needed the space. So I was grateful. I was grateful for it. Wilkie's like yourself and Dan have been such great community supporters. You guys have donated thousands of dollars throughout our community and one big hit hit that like I really remember too were your mustache cookies last year that you guys sold for for November so why has always giving back to the Ottawa Valley community always come second nature to you and always been so important to you guys uh so I I grew up an army brat and I wear that title of pride uh my father served 29 years in the military and every community we live in, I have such a, a love for because they always opened us, opened us. They always welcomed us with open arms. Uh, we've been in the Valley for 23 years now. So I've been pretty lucky because that's most of my life. Um, they treated us family. My thought was always, if you give back to the community and make it stronger, they're always going to be there when you need help. Uh, I've always loved the quote, uh, build a longer table, not a higher fence, just because it just feels good to help people, if that makes any sense. Like, if you have the ability, why not? Um, like, I'd rather, I'd rather build a strong, a strong, like a strong community than a stronger home. I don't know. I just, it just feels good to be able to help someone. Um, like being able to help a like Relay for Life or the Hospital Foundation, just anything you can, be it big or small, try and help. 
So it's my always been my thoughts on helping the community. And helping the community is what you guys did, especially last year, Andrew, during the pandemic, because I know it affected everybody differently, but in your case, especially during the starting of the lockdown, everyone was obviously going on a bread frenzy, trying to get their hands on loaves of bread and stock up for the year like we were doing with toilet paper. I mean, I had Val Hiska on and I know that episode is near and dear to your heart as well because of just how much you helped out Hiska's independent grocer in Petawawa and all your other community partners um, that you guys partnered with to, to feature bread. And I'm sure you guys were just slammed with orders of bread at that time. So like, how did you and your team keep up the, with the craziness? So the, when the pandemic started, I had like sat down with my staff and I said, when you guys stop feeling comfortable working with the public, we will close our doors. I just, I wanted them to feel safe. Um, so the first few weeks when we were discovering what the pandemic meant, it was just pure craziness. We were mass producing as many loaves of bread as possible. We were doing liters of soup. Uh, we had done some takeout meals and then we were doing door or porch drop-offs, which was an organizational nightmare, but fun <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I remember once I had dropped it off, but there was a bunch of kids toys at the door and I was like setting up the toys to make it look like they were guarding the drop-off. It was so great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> But then the first lockdown hit and the staff were like, I don't feel comfortable coming in anymore. And it's, and I had said like, listen, it makes sense for me to just produce bread. And then that day Val had called me and said, do you mind making some loaves of bread for the shop? And I was like, sure, why not? How many did you want? And we had worked out a, a quantity and I was like, okay, can I really make this work by myself? Yes, I can with the help of uh, Dan would come in and help me bag. My mom would come in and help me bag because her shop was closed. Uh, and then like two hours later, Ulrich's called. And then a week later, Hughley's called. And then uh, a shop in Cobden called. And it was just like, it was a snowball effect, a very good snowball effect. But at some points, it was just me in the kitchen making all of this bread. So it got to be like a lot, but I was like, this is manageable because I just have to adjust to this. We don't have the storefront open. I know what's going to sell, so I can only produce this much. So it's great. Um, so then the lockdown started to lift. We started opening the shop more. Our main staff member that I now call our secret essential ingredient uh, got posted. So she was, uh, she was moving in the middle of the pandemic. So that was like a high stress point, but I wanted to support her. She wanted to support me, so it was great. Um, but like within the first eight months of the pandemic, all our staff had flipped to new people. So the training of that, uh, and then enhancing the bakery with the skills that they had. We brought on uh, Farron who did excellent sugar cookies for us. But it was a total flip, but our business was just growing and growing and growing. And it was a really great feeling, like a blessing that came out of the pandemic, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so business is booming. You guys, There's a need for you guys, for Wilkies in our community. So, Andrew, tell us, why did, why did you close your doors? Uh, so, the, the roller coaster of the pandemic... Uh, brought to life a bunch of things, um, good things, well, good things and bad things, but like a lot of realizations, we'll call them. Um, I heard a quote the other day, it's always reflections, never regrets. So 
uh, our business had grown leaps or leaps lengths to which we never expected it to. Like I never thought I'd be in a grocery store selling bread. It was just like unimaginable to me. I just always thought, again, I'd be selling eight loaves of bread and I'd have a pretty little bakery in downtown Pembroke. <laughs> but it was just growing at leaps and bounds. Um, and it became a lot of work. Uh, but it was, of course, a labor of love. Um, but it came at a cost of lost time with family and friends. And I was becoming very burnt out. But we had managed to maintain a standard of quality. And I wanted to leave while those standards are still in place mm -hmm. and while we're still on the top of our game. So we decided we'd close. <laughs> um, which made a lot of sense to us. So yeah, everybody's healthy. The family's great. Good. Yeah. And that's what's important. And you left, like you said, on a high note, which is so good. Well, Andrew, I was chatting with your mom a couple of weeks ago and she was just telling me how proud she is of you. Like it's going to bring tears to my eyes just thinking about it. Like she is so proud of the business that you created, the community that you've created from the business. You've helped and served so many customers and people in the Ottawa Valley. So what a great way to kind of end things on a high note. But you're not ending things though. You have something else that's going on in the mix. So tell us what's next. Fill the tea. Yes. Uh, so here's the tea. Uh, we're very excited to announce that we are opening Scotch and Spruce, a men's apparel and lifestyle store in downtown Pembroke. Uh, we still love the space that we're in and we decided to uh, convert it into a men's shop. We'll be featuring small and upcoming brands as well as some very popular brands that we're super excited about. I'm going to make you wait on those. Uh, it will also be uh, the home of Through Apparel, a brand that I started in the middle of the pandemic with my mother, which I'm looking forward to building over time. That's so, so exciting. exciting. Oh my, congratulations. Thank you. That's I'm like awesome. super pumped about it. I, I know it's like a complaint this. switch. Yes, it's something that downtown Pembroke um, really needs and it's like nothing against town and country they're like they do amazing work in formal we're going to stay away from formal as much as we can uh just because we want to stay in our own lane that's always been very important to us so you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of like 21st century frasers like frasers with an uplift but better yeah i am so excited about this thank you and, oh my I'm gosh super pumped. Okay, so tell us next then. When are you guys opening the doors? When can we expect this? What's When's this going to happen? Uh, I'd love to say tomorrow, but of course there's work that has to be done. Um, we're hoping for September 7th, but I'm going to say early September. Oh so. my goodness. Well, really right around the corner. Well, new yeah. fresh start, new beginnings are coming, new season. Oh my gosh. And a new dream that's going to come to life. It's like still creative. I just, I'm super pumped about it. I can't wait. Neither can we. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the countdown till September is on. We don't want to rush summer. Nobody ever wants to rush to the end of summer, but right now we do because we are so excited for this. That is awesome. 
All right. Well, Andrew, you've shared some great advice on your Facebook page with your final goodbye post. So can you share with everyone again what those three tips were? Like you've had some great quotes throughout all this interview too, but I really want you to reiterate those three tips because I think that they're really, really important and need to be heard again. Yes. So it was kind of a, a love letter or a letter of advice to the future generations if they wanted to start a bakery again or start their own businesses. But uh, the, here it is. So number one, support your community, build the relationships. These people are what builds your business and will help you shelter you through the storms or pandemics. I'm really hoping this is the last one. No more lockdowns, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, and then number two, always make sure you make time for friends and family. Sometimes you're gonna to wanna to put in that good 24 hours of work at the bakery, which we did several times, which I don't know how we did, but or you want to take that third nap while your family is at home celebrating birthdays. Your family is important. Make the time. You won't regret seeing these first steps, first goals, or the steps across graduation stages. They are way more important than taking that extra cake order at the end of the day. Number three, pop the champagne on a Tuesday night just because it's Tuesday and you need a little celebration. You are always a must and never a just. That last one got me through the pandemic. <laughs> I didn't start cooking heavily. I just, some days it was like, hey, let's have some champagne just because. That's yeah. right. Yeah, wine, champagne, whatever you needed to kind of get through the week. Didn't matter what day it was. That's what we were doing. And I'm, I love that. I think those three tips are what every person needs to, to have in their life. It's a good mantra to follow. Yes, that's for sure. Well, Andrew, I wrap up every episode by getting people to give shout outs to a local business that they think that we should support in our community. So what's one local business you'd like everybody to know about? Uh, one local business that I think everybody should know about is the Kitchen Eatery on the west end of town. Uh, Monica and her staff are amazing. We eat there all the time. She catered our wedding First week of the cart market when I had extra bread, she was like, I want to try this in the shop. Let's like bring it to my house. So like we, she just mentored me through the beginning of my, uh, of the beginning of the bakery starting up and she helped me get it contacts for the business. And she's just like an overall friend. I call her my second mother. Um, and I truly believe that her and her business are hidden treasures of the Ottawa Valley. So go to the kitchen eatery. <laughs> great shout out Andrew thank you well we are so excited for everything that's to come for you we can't wait to see the grand announcement and step into the doors of what used to be Wilkie's and what now is going to be Gotch and Spruce we are counting down so excited thank you so much thank you so much for sitting down with me and being our first honorary boss babe this is this is thank an awesome so title <laughs> I'm super pumped me too. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.